Perfection. Welcome back to Episode Epiphanies, a podcast where two people who have very different tastes in TV shows make each other watch the pilot episodes of their favorite shows in the hopes of making the other person have an epiphany about how great that show is. My name is Natasha, and I pretty much only watch cartoons. My name is Jessica, and I pretty much only watch live-action dramas. And this week, I made Jesse watch... A true classic of cartoons. Uh, I made Jesse watch the pilot episode of Invader Zim. I, I technically didn't make you watch the pilot. I made you watch the first episode because there was like a pre-pilot, you know, that was just called pilot. I don't think I've ever even seen that pilot. But I made you watch <laughs> The Nightmare Begins, which is like episode one. Did you know anything about Invader Zim before you watched it? <laughs> I did not. I just remembered you saying it was aliens and that your goal was you wanted to find a show that was silly enough that you could also insult it the way I do with a lot of my shows when you're like, this sucks. I'm like, yeah. Well, I wouldn't quite say that I would insult it, but that I wouldn't be offended if you didn't like it. There. (laughs) The Hollow was a rough episode. Oh, boy. Yeah. Did you not, like, see... Invader Zim stuff in, like, middle school? I have probably seen commercials for it. I don't know what network it was on, but I might have seen, like, a commercial. The art did look kind of familiar, but 100% I've never seen an episode of it. I didn't really (laughs) know anything about it. Wow. Yeah, so I think, I'm pretty sure it was a Nickelodeon show, or, like, it was a Maybe it was on another network first and then it aired on Nickelodeon. Something like that. It started in 2002. No, it started in 2001 and only ran till 2002. There was only like 20 something episodes. But then it got like kind of like a rerun in 2006 on Nickelodeon. And then uh, in 2019, they made a Netflix movie. Um, kind of like little revival of it. So it's like one of those shows that didn't run for very long, got canceled really quickly, but became... A huge cult classic. Hot Topic Spencer's in like the <laughs> early 2000s was full of Invader Zim stuff. Like any sort of like early 2000s scene emo person was wearing t-shirts with Gur on them. <laughs> it was a huge cultural thing. Like even if you didn't watch the show, I think we're like a tiny bit too young to have been like teens when it was really popular. We were like a little bit younger. In the early 2000s, but, like, we got, like, we still got, like, the tail end of that, like, scene emo kind of thing. Invader Zim was, like, part of that vibe. (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny to me. I wasn't much of a Nickelodeon kid. I watch very little on Nickelodeon Mm. and also YTV weren't Mm -hmm. where I was spending my time. Now that you say Hot Topic, I do feel like I saw some, like, scene emo kid pictures that would have had Gur on them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think you're right. We were just, like, a little too young mm-hmm. in that era. It was definitely a thing. I remember the internet, but I never had MySpace, which I feel like is very mm-hmm. much the scene emo era. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I probably watched Invader Zim, like, maybe a little bit later than 2006. I don't really know exactly how old I was. I definitely, but I watched it on Nickelodeon. It aired for, like, they kept rerunning it for a long time. And I did watch a lot of Nickelodeon cartoons and stuff. So I watched this a lot when I was younger. I haven't watched it recently. Like, it's been quite a while since I actually watched it. I did watch the movie when it came out in 2019, and that was very fun and nostalgic. But, like, it's been a long time since I watched this. So if... 
in this episode I get anything wrong or I don't remember things, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been a long time <laughs> since I watched the show. I did read all the episode summaries on Wikipedia before this to, like, brush up to remember what happened. But I'll try my best. <laughs> You're so committed to this. Every time I see a show, I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck happened. Maybe this, <laughs> maybe that. I don't know. In our Supernatural episode, I straight up said Sam doesn't die while it's, <laughs> like, actually talking about an episode where Sam dies. <laughs> So, well, you know, I just want to do these shows justice. <laughs> okay, so, on that note, do you want to summarize what happens in this first episode? I sure do. So we start with the title sequence. I don't really know if this is the common title sequence or it changes. It feels like something that could change, but it might also just be the normal title sequence. I honestly don't remember, but I'm pretty sure the title sequence in this episode is not the same as all the other ones. I think it's more, this is like the dramatic title yeah. sequence for the first episode, but I honestly don't remember. <laughs> that makes sense to me because it's just this computer and it has cool graphics going on. And I think there's a turtle on it. It really looks like a turtle to me <laughs> that they're like showing you a 3D model of. I think it's supposed to be the spaceship. I think it's supposed to be their ship. I can see that. The ship does kind of look like a turtle. It does a little bit, Yeah. And then an alien pops up and there's a bunch of writing and this really dramatic music is playing, which is maybe my favorite part of this because this screen pops up with a guy on it who's doing an announcer thing and he's like, welcome to Conventia, the convention hall planet, which is very fun. And then there's just this like high intensity space (laughs) age Space Age isn't the word I'm looking for. (laughs) Sci-fi music, like Mm -hmm. you're running into a battle in a Star Trek episode. It's very good. Yes. Yeah, so everyone's coming in to Conventia to go to the convention hall. They're all soldiers who get to come to meet the leaders who are called the Almighty Tallest. Mm -hmm. Because they're the tallest people and it's a very (laughs) short race of people. (laughs) Which, sure, that's a way to pick leaders, I guess. I love the tallest. They're good. Anyways, we come into this convention hall. They announce that the tallest are going to be here. And these two very tall aliens who give me very, like, Team Rocket vibes Mm -hmm. come down from this platform on the ceiling. And they're kind of fighting. And they're arguing about whether lasers or smoke machines are cooler. (laughs) And the laser one's winning. Everyone knows lasers are cooler than smoke. Obviously, obviously. There's a lot of plot going on here. (laughs) And that's not a bad thing generally. Generally. And you can fight Mm -hmm. me on this. But cartoons (laughs) tend to be pretty bad at exposition. Just in that they kind of try to smash you over the head with it. That's fair. I I will agree with that. This show, I think, does a very good job of it. They are packing so much information and exposition into four minutes. Mm -hmm. But the introduction of, like, this is a convention hall. This is a cool show. Here are your great leaders. They're here to introduce a big mission to their faithful soldiers really feels natural and like something this society would do. And... It just feels like a genuine introduction to the world in a way that a lot of exposition, even in live action shows, doesn't. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really well done, but 
I am just going to be going through exposition for the next couple of minutes here. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> no, that's fair. I, I, I'm glad to hear that you think it's it, it was well done. Because I'm like, I've seen the show enough that I, I know the whole, you know, story. So it's interesting to be like, someone coming in, like, is it clear? And also, is it well done? I like... That's good. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was very clear. I thought it was very well done. I thought it was really interesting. Mm. The, like, four-minute exposition chunk at the start of the show is m- my favorite part of this episode. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> wow. There's something about it. It's engaging. It reaches for you. It just goes, this is the situation. This is what we're doing. We're going for mm-hmm. it. Let's go. And then starts the episode. And it feels, like, really tight. Nice. It kind of feels like when you're in a writing workshop where Mm -hmm. the first time you workshop it, you workshop only the first five pages. Mm -hmm. Then the second time you workshop it, you workshop the entire piece. Mm -hmm. And those first five pages are so much stronger than the rest of the piece. That's what this episode (laughs) feels like to me. That's wild to me because like... I'm glad you think that the first four minutes are really well done. I would never watch this episode and be like, "Mm, yes, the first four minutes are my favorite part. But hey, I'm glad you think that those first four minutes are good. (laughs) I will get more into that when we talk about, like, if I would watch this and how I felt about it. Sure, yeah. But I have reasoning behind that. No, I believe you. I believe you. Okay, so... The Almighty Tallest are talking about how they've collected the best of the best Urkin soldiers to do a cool mission. That's their Mm -hmm. race. They're the Urkins. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have to go to an enemy planet, planet, blend in, do the undercover thing. Very classic Mm -hmm. sci-fi. One of the twins calls their army a big spaceship gang. (laughs) I don't... Okay, hold on. I don't know if the Tallest are twins. They feel like twins in my heart. Or they're okay. in love. One or the other. <laughs> I'm, I was going to say, I feel like most people ship them, so I hope they're not twins. Yeah, but again, Team Rocket <laughs> vibes, they might be siblings, they might be in love, I really don't know. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Who knows? <laughs> not me. I've called them the twins throughout my description. If you ship them, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, now I'm just questioning. I'm like, are they meant to be twins? I don't know. Also, if this is your favorite ship when there is a much better ship later in the show, I'm really sad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited to hear your breakdown of this. Okay, continue. Anyways, he says big spaceship gang, and the other one looks at him kind of derisively and is like, Armada. And big spaceship gang is better. That's true. It's a better word. It's a better term. <laughs> I'm more into it. So the first little soldier comes up to get his assignment, and they're like, we're going to put you in the slaughtering rat planet. And they show a picture of the soldier being surrounded by rats, and the soldier's like, why did you draw that? (laughs) Which is very good, because why did you? But anyways, he gets changed because he's too tall now, and he gets to go to the comfy couch planet, which is a good planet. I like that Mm -hmm. planet. I want to be there. (laughs) At this point, it started to really annoy me that one of the tall aliens, his voice was so familiar to me. And I was like, who is this? <laughs> it was driving me insane. So I looked mm-hmm. it up. And one of the tall aliens is the guy who does Pleakley in Lilo and Stitch. Oh, uh, okay. I really loved Lilo and Stitch <laughs> as a kid. So I was like, oh, it's Pleakley. <laughs> nice. Anyways, it was great. The next little invader that comes up, again, unrelated. His name is Invader Spleens. 
<laughs> and I watch a YouTuber who has a cat in his Sims family that's named Spleens, and I was like, Spleens! <laughs> what a good name. This show should have been about Invader Spleens. Invader Spleens! Anyways, moving on from Spleens. We cut to a spaceship racing in. This alien is obviously very late. They're pushing through the crowd going, excuse me, excuse me, let me go through. I also think it's really interesting from a structural standpoint to have not introduced your main character for, like, four minutes. Mm-hmm. I actually can't, off the top of my head, name a show that's done that. I'm sure there's, like... If I was going to say a show has done this, I would be pretty sure it's, like, a cop show or a mystery show where mm. the star is, like, the villain. Yeah. So it's interesting to see that in a show that's not that because I feel like you always get the main character first. That's true. I was actually surprised re-watching this how long they wait before introducing Zim. I thought he was going to be there earlier and I was like, oh yeah, interesting. It's just, it's very interesting and I think it's a good world building technique, especially mm-hmm. because you get to see this whole culture before mm-hmm. they throw like, this is your person at you. Which I think, especially in books, the narrator colors the world so much. It's mm-hmm. very interesting to see the world before you get the quote-unquote narrator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's also maybe part of it is, like, Zim is clearly, like, bad at his job. Mm-hmm. And I feel like seeing the world and the quote-unquote good at their job aliens a little bit before you see Zim, like, really highlights who Zim is. Yeah, I agree. You definitely immediately get a sense of Zim. Not even from him, but from, like, the juxtaposition. Mm-hmm. Which I think is great. And everyone immediately knows who Zim is, <laughs> which is very funny. And the tallest are like, were you banished? And Zim goes, I quit when I heard about this. You quit being banished? <laughs> Which is probably one of the only moments the show got a chuckle out of me. (laughs) I think it was well done. I just didn't find it funny. (laughs) I mean, I'm not surprised. (laughs) I didn't expect you to. (laughs) Anyways, the reason Zim was banished was because last time they were on a mission, they destroyed their own planet instead of going to the other planet to destroy it. Which is a fair reason to be banished. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so the tallest is like, you're too small to be an invader, and then he gives them a sandwich, and then (laughs) Zim won't shut up, so they're like, go to that random planet there that might not exist, and Zim's like, ooh, secret mission, of course I'll do that, (laughs) and we all move on with our lives. (laughs) And then we have a a cut to Earth, where... (laughs) So I did get this character's name eventually, but what mm-hmm. I originally wrote was, we flashed to Earth, presumably, where this little goth vampire man is listening to with a satellite on the roof to the aliens. He is a little goth vampire man. Yes, he is. His name is Dib, I believe. Mm-hmm. For a long portion of the episode, I did think his name was Dick. <laughs> technically a name it's a real name yeah it was the early 2000s they might have it's not though (laughs) 
He's listening to the roof. He hears the aliens are coming. He panics. He slides down the big pole into his house and goes to his dad. It's like, oh my god, the ma- the aliens are coming. His dad is like this mad scientist dude who looks really creepy. And he's like, not now, kid. I'm making. And there's this big flash. And then he goes, toast. <laughs> Which is good. And then we're back to the alien planet. And they're giving each invader a little robot man to do their chores. And when Zim gets there, they're like, we're going to give you a top secret model. And then they just make, like, a fake robot immediately <laughs> out of random scraps and are like, here, this one's yours. <laughs> and it goes a little crazy and it calls itself Gur. They're off to Earth and Gur is singing and we flash forward six months later and Gur is still singing mm-hmm. and they've reached Earth. Um, so they zoom into Earth, and they're trying to find out what's normal and observe it so they can do their disguises and shit. Zim is shown a few disguises once they land, and he chooses the worst one that makes him <laughs> still look like an alien. Although, from the fact that when he do- he makes Gur a dog, the disguise looks really good and then looks like crap afterwards, <laughs> Zim could have probably chosen the other ones, and it also probably would have looked bad. Probably. So we can forgive him. (laughs) And then this robot thing that made their costumes also makes just like a giant house appear between Mm -hmm. these two apartment buildings because that's not suspicious at all. No, not at all. No, just like a house appears and drills into things and makes a shit ton of noise and is really bright. And everyone comes out and is like, what the fuck, there's a house here? (laughs) And Zim just goes whistling and walks the dog into the house and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> These little robot parents come to the door and are like, welcome home. Mm-hmm. And then he's home. And he goes through a little garbage can and it sends him to a little underground lair. And when he's in the little underground lair, he's like, maybe I should go to school. Mm-hmm. And he goes to this awful school where the word school <laughs> isn't even spelled correctly. And the teacher is this like fucking maniac <laughs> who just goes... Don't want to hear from you. You suck. The world and the planet are doomed. Everything is doomed. We're all going to die. Mm-hmm. That's basically the teacher. And Zim introduces himself and is like, I'm a perfectly normal human, which, you know, is what humans say all the time. Always. Yeah. Don't you introduce yourself that way? Yeah. And Dib is in the class and Dib sees Zim and is like, that's an alien <laughs> because Dib isn't an idiot. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> And anyways, Zim sits down, and Dib goes, am I the only person who can see the actual literal alien sitting with us? And everyone's like, what? No, there's no alien. What's happening? And Dib goes crazy. He's like, no, this is not a human. This is an alien. Look at it. This is not an alien. And the whole class is just like, dude, he probably has a skin condition. Like, this is really uncool. Like, you can't just go around accusing everyone who doesn't look like you of being an alien. Is the old guy in the class an alien? No. (laughs) Which is very good and funny. Yeah, and anyways, uh, Dib almost gets going to the point where the class is like, hmm, maybe this is weird. And then Zim just calls him crazy, and everyone's like, yeah, actually, wait, Dib is crazy, and they move on. (laughs) And they have this little face-off moment where they're both glaring at each other and they become mortal enemies. Mm-hmm. And also probably lovers. But that's beside <laughs> the point. This is my better ship. We'll talk about ships. 
Okay, so si- so Dib is determined to prove Zim is an alien, and he has these weird alien handcuffs that he's like, these will reveal an alien if they're ever on an alien. And Zim goes, have you ever seen an alien? Like, do you know they work? <laughs> and Dib's like, let's find out. So cue chase sequence. I'm not going to go through that because it's a chase sequence, and chase sequence things happen. Yep. <laughs> Zim gets away on Gur. Dib follows the smoke to Zim's house. It says, I'm going to stay forever. I'm going to figure this out. And then his handcuffs get zapped. And he's like, wait, maybe I'm going to go home. (laughs) But he still has this big dramatic speech about how he'll do it. He'll find it out. And Zim's like, I feel good about how today went. Because, yeah, it it was obviously great. That was fine. (laughs) And then we go back to the alien planet where the tallest get an incoming report from Earth. And they're just surprised Zim is still alive. And the episode ends. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's good. That's pretty much the whole episode. That's the show. Mm-hmm. So, what did, what did you think? What did you think of uh, the first episode of Invader Zoom? Like I said, the first four minutes were my favorite. <laughs> the first so four funny. minutes and the part in the classroom where Dib is just like, this is an alien. And people are like, no, dude, he just like doesn't have ears. That's not nice. That's great. Okay, what I think is that the structure and the setup of this show mm-hmm. are really well done mm-hmm. to the point where at the end of those four minutes, I was really interested in just the plot. And it's the most basic sci-fi plot they could have possibly thrown at you. It's just, we're aliens, we're invading a planet, we're going to destroy it, you have to go undercover. It's every mm-hmm. sci-fi show in the history of the world. But it felt really interesting and unique from this show, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. Because it's not even like that is a classic plot now. That was a classic plot in 2001. Oh, for sure. So I thought that was really interesting and really well done. The show as a whole started to feel kind of boring to me. And (laughs) I almost wonder if it's because... The start was set up as such high stakes. They had this music playing. It was mm-hmm. this, like, huge event. And it was great. It was engaging. It was practical. And then from there, it just kind of becomes a cartoon about an alien who's a fuck-up and pretending to be a human. Which is fine. That's your show. But the start, me- like connected so much more to me than what they did with that plot. Interesting. That's very funny because I think very much the point of those first four minutes is like setting up a very generic alien invasion show. (laughs) And it's funny that that's what got you when it's so like you're generic. And then, and then immediately kind of like, turning that into sort of a parody or a spin on that very generic alien thing and now it's it's a comedy about this alien which is also somewhat generic of a plot line but the point of the show is not so much the plot it's the characters and the humor of that scenario but like yeah. i can see if that's like you wanted the alien invasion show not the comedy show yeah it's also that the twist the parody that they're going for Mm -hmm. is so common and also that when they say like these are the best of the best soldiers it doesn't come off that way and like 
we don't get to see much from the other shoulders. We don't really know anything about them. Mm-hmm. But what we do see from them is the guy who's, like, really terrified of the rats <laughs> and a guy named Spleens. And neither <laughs> of them come off as, like, particularly competent to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, Zim comes in and Zim is obviously a bit different and a bit of a, a radical psychopath. But... <laughs> I guess what struck me was this is the generic alien invasion show and it almost felt for a second like everyone was going to be a fuck up and then they were like and I'm sure they are but (laughs) then they were like Zim particularly is the fuck up in the show's fuck up and I was just like I feel like I've seen this. Have you though? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not I don't know. I I found the actual show to be less exciting than the setup. That's fair. That's totally fair. Honestly, you liked the even the setup more than I thought you would. I thought this was going to be an adventure time level. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. So <laughs> It's not uncomfortable. There's nothing uncomfortable about this show. It's just kind of a show. Oh, well, we should watch a few more episodes. We should get to the episode about the organ stealing. No, that seems on par <laughs> for what this show feels like to me. That's fair. Hey, you know what? I'll take it. I think I'm going to start asking this question earlier because I want... I feel like it makes more sense for the rest of it. Would you keep watching this show? No, probably not. It's just not my thing. I'm not against it. I feel like it's... Like, I feel like it is probably a good show. Mm -hmm. I'm just not intrigued by it. That's totally fair. I didn't expect that you would be... (laughs) I feel like I lo- I liked it a lot more when I was talking to you about it because, <laughs> like, you were engaged with it and that was entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. But actually watching it, like, almost none of the jokes got me. I was like, I understand that is a joke. Okay. <laughs> I felt like I felt like I was the weird robot. I was like, yes, that was a joke. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, if the humor of the first episode didn't get you, you probably wouldn't like the rest of the show, because the rest of the show is very much just, like, that humor Mm -hmm. up to the 11. But I do want to know what you think happens next in the rest of it. I think that the whole show is this big rivalry with Zim and Dib, and Zim is obviously kind of unhinged, so obviously (laughs) he steals some organs. I think Dib spends literally most of his time trying to figure out if this kid is an alien and his sister spends most of her time being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I want, I don't think this happens, but I Mm -hmm. want Mm -hmm. for Dib and Zim to eventually get into a big enough fight that Zim admits to being an alien and Dib feels really victorious. But then Zim is like, why do you, like, why are you against me? All these people in school are so shitty to you. Humans are obviously very bad to you. I am here to wipe them out. Don't you think that would be a better and more productive use of your time? And then Dib and Zim have this, like, team up to destroy Earth together. That would be great. <laughs> That's my prediction. 
I love that. Uh, I mean, you pretty much got it in that, like, it's very much an episodic show. It's very much of that era where cartoons didn't, at least this kind of cartoon, didn't have, like, much of an overarching plot. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much, like, most episodes are, like, Zim is doing some wacky scheme. Dib is trying to prove that Zim is an alien. Some episodes focus more on Zim, some focus focus more on Dib. Occasionally there'll be one that's mostly about, like, Gur or Gaz, um, Dib's sister. But, you know, it's kind of that dynamic. At one point, there's another um, invader, another Urkin named Tack, I think her name is, and she comes to Earth, and she is decided that, like, she's gonna take over Earth, and she's way more competent than Zim, and Zim and Dib end up, like, teaming up to defeat her because Dib doesn't want her to take over Earth, and Zim is like, I don't want her to take over Earth, Earth is my place! So they deal with her, and then they have her ship later, because, like, I, I don't remember what happens to her, but they have her ship later and do stuff with her ship. I don't remember. But she's there for a while, and then I think, if I remember correctly, like, so that was, there was season one, and I think the end of season one is the thing with Tack, and then I think some of season two, like, Dib and Zim are, like, kind of working together a little bit more, um, and I'm curious if the show had been allowed to go on longer, if that, like, there would have been more of that, but it only got, like, seven episodes of season two, and then it was cancelled. But in 2019, they did make a movie, and the movie involves Dib and Zim end up having to work together to save Earth, because, well, first... <laughs> First, Zim messes up Earth <laughs> because he really wants the tallest to come see Earth and, like, see how good he's doing on Earth. <laughs> and he, like, checks in with them and they're like, Armada flight plan is just a straight line that they're going to, like, conquer a bunch of planets. And that straight line isn't going to hit, like, isn't going to come near Earth. So Zim does a bunch of stuff to, like, move Earth into the path of their Armada. And then the tallest still don't care, so they're like, we're just gonna drive right through Earth and kill everybody on Earth, including Zim. And Zim's like, no. So then Zim and Dib have to move Earth back to where it belongs. And then there's like a wormhole too, I don't quite remember. Just moving Earth around, normal. Yeah. They are using, like, the power of some, like, interdimensional moose. I don't quite remember. <laughs> but, the, but the biggest part about this show is very much, like, the vibe and the humor of it. Like... The whole fact that, like, their school sucks, their teacher's bad, everyone in their school is really stupid. That, like, whole vibe is, like, all of Earth. Earth is full of, like, really weird, dumb people who are just kind of unsettling. And the whole planet is, like, is Earth already post-apocalyptic? Like, everything is just off. <laughs> this whole, like, weird, creepy, unsettling vibe of just the whole world is a big part of the show. And then the, like, rivalry between... between Dib and Zim, and then Gur's just whole deal. Gur, everything Gur does is like just such. I anybody who watched Invader Zim in the early two thousands just like wanted to be Gur. <laughs> I feel like why do you want to be it? Gur is just such a like icon. Like when you think of this show, or at least when I think of the show, I think of Gur and just Gur's like little songs and weird jokes. Are you giving away your favorite character here? On that note, do you want to guess who my favorite character is? Hmm, I wonder, based on what you just said. <laughs> based on what you just said, I'd go Gur, but before we did this, I, I wanted to say Dib, because he's so fun. Dib is very fun. Uh, I do like Dib and Zim a lot. I love Gur. I would have to watch more of the show, because it's been a while since I watched it, but I, I don't know if I would love 
Gurr as much if I watched it now, or if Gurr is just so great because of the nostalgia of the show, I think I would still love Gurr. <laughs> Gurr feels very much that lol random humor of the early 2000s. A hundred percent. The nostalgia probably would get you, but I feel like if a show you hadn't seen before had that character, you would be like, mmm, cringe. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it depends how they did it. That character could yeah. definitely be cringe, but I feel like Gurr has, like, something. A little something <laughs> that makes them genuinely funny instead of just annoying. There's one episode where Gurr <laughs> is pretending to be a turkey... Like, not, like, dressed as a turkey, but, like, there's a whole big scene where Ger- where Zim is, like, talking on a screen to, like, Dib or to the tallest, and there's just a turkey, like, a cooked turkey on a table behind him for a whole scene. And then at the end of the scene, Ger just, like, jumps out of the turkey and was like, it was me! I was the turkey all along! For no reason, the turkey had nothing to do with the scene, and it's just the end of the scene, and it's like... I didn't describe well. It's very <laughs> funny. I think about that stupid scene all the time. I'm almost on your side on that one because it seems so weird. It is. It's like those things that are just such non sequiturs that, like, you have to laugh. <laughs> yeah. I agree. That sounds good. Yeah. There's also one episode that I think is my favorite episode that is also a very famous episode. It's just called Zim Eats Waffles. And the entire episode is about Dib. He, like, put cameras in Zim's house and he's trying to record Zim doing something incriminating to show it to this... There's this organization called, like, the Secret Eyeball Organization or something like that. It's, like, an organization of people who believe in, like, ghosts and aliens and stuff. And he's trying to give them proof that Zim is an alien. And the entire episode is just the footage, the still footage that Dib is getting from these cameras in Zim's kitchen mm-hmm. and it's just Zim eating waffles and like Gurr keeps making waffles and giving him waffles and whatever <laughs> Dib is like calling up this organization and whatever Zim is doing nothing incriminating he's just a dude eating waffles and then as soon as the organization is like stop calling us nothing's happening Zim will do something incredibly incriminating and Dib will like try to call the organization again and then as soon as he they get a, he gets a hold of them he's just eating waffles again and it's just like There might be a few shots of Dib in his room or whatever, but pretty much the whole episode is just a still shot of the kitchen, and it is the (laughs) funniest episode. That does sound beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'll give you that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... This was about my favorite character, but yeah, I love Gurr, and I just love the humor of this show. I love the characters. It's very fun. The other question is, guess my favorite ship. I don't really have a favorite ship in this show because when I watched this, I was younger and I wasn't really thinking about ships. Mm-hmm. That's valid. It also, it doesn't necessarily feel like a shippy show. Yeah. There are two, I already said one of them. There are two ships that like, I know are quite popular on the internet and that like, I can see why. So maybe if I rewatched it now, I would get behind it more, but I feel like you could probably guess what the two ships are. <laughs> Well, you said the tallest, and is it mm-hmm. my boys, Dim, Dim and Zim? Yes, Zim and Dim are such a popular ship. I feel like Dib is supposed to be, like, ten, so I'm like, yeah, maybe if they were, like, aged up, I could see it. It does feel like a age difference <laughs> issue, but I get the dynamic being shippy. Exactly. Like, it's very obviously that, like, 
that would work, that would make a good ship. It's such a, like, rivals, and, like, they're so obsessed with each other, and they're constantly up in each other's business, and, like, mm-hmm. could very easily do an enemies-to-lovers situation there. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I mean, I could ask Guess the Canon Gaze, but... There aren't any. No. Unless I'm really forgetting something. Unless but... I'm really forgetting something about this, like, 20-episode show from 2001. Yeah, there's no way. There's not... That no. <laughs> there's also like I don't even think there's any romance at all in this show. That's really not mm-hmm. what the show is about. Unless you want to argue Dib and Zim. <laughs> Before you said that there was a female alien who comes and mm-hmm. like tries to take over Zim's planet, I did think their entire universe was only male aliens because we don't <laughs> really see any women. I think in that first scene when they're showing off their, like, really good soldiers, a few of them have eyelashes, which is how they differentiate <laughs> the male and female aliens. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I forgot that men don't have eyelashes. Well, no, it's very funny because if they didn't have that distinction, there probably would be no distinction between the male and female aliens in this world, so any <laughs> of them could have been female. But I'm pretty sure, yeah, the only difference between the, the male and female aliens is that females have eyelashes. I think I could even be remembering that wrong. Maybe they don't even look any different. But I'm pretty sure Tack has, like, eyelashes. Yes, the one thing all women have that men don't, eyelashes. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, men just always getting stuff in their eyes. <laughs> it's a big problem. Men tend to have better eyelashes than women. Not in cartoons. <laughs> I know, but, like, in real life, men's eyelashes tend to, like, look like they have mascara on them without mascara. I've always wondered if that's true or if that's, like, you just notice it when a guy does have good eyelashes. I don't know. Because why? What would be the reason? I mean, like, testosterone in general makes you more hairy, right? True. So I guess... From my point of view, the logic of it would be that, like, men have thicker, coarser hair because of the testosterone, and eyelashes are, like, in, if they're not necessarily hair, they're probably, like, in the family of where that's affecting. You know what? That's true. I think that um, all cartoons should start giving all the male characters really long, thick eyelashes, and that's how they differentiate gender. Yes, because (laughs) that's what we want from cartoons, more gendered characters. (laughs) You need to have more specific gender differentiation in cartoons. You need to make it so obvious that your anthropomorphic animals in your cartoons have a specific gender. Because if you don't, the children will be confused. What about the poor children? They need to know everyone is heterosexual. What if I title this episode watching Invader Zim to think of the children? That would be very funny because I'm pretty sure, I didn't do my research on this, but just from, like, hearing about Invader Zim over the years, I'm pretty sure this show had a lot of controversy from, like, parents and, like, concerned adults and whatever that, like, it was too dark and it it was too, like, gross and it was too, like, inappropriate for children. It does have an organ harvesting episode, so I can see that. Yeah, and, like... This episode, you get a little bit of the vibe, but other episodes, you get more the vibe of just how gross and creepy and off the world is. And so it had a lot of concerned parents, kind of, um, which maybe is partly why it got canceled so quickly. So yeah, there's a lot of think of the children (laughs) (laughs) stuff surrounding the show. Not surrounding 
gender or sexuality so much, I don't think. Um, but definitely surrounding, like, it's too dark and creepy for children to watch. Um, but I watched it as a kid, and I'm fine, so. Are you? <laughs> well. <laughs> but, yeah, if you like cartoons and you haven't watched this show yet, I would say give it a watch. It's not very long. It's truly iconic, and it's very funny, and it's great. <laughs> I love how you end all of your episodes with this genuine plea to watch shows that I'm like, nah, this shit's trash. Leave it alone. <laughs> Turn it in the garbage. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I, was, I even picked this show because I was like, I'm less attached to this show. You know, I watched it when I was younger, so it doesn't matter what Jesse says about it. And then as soon as I rewatched the pilot, I was like, actually, I love this show. <laughs> that was me with Mary Happy Whatever. I was like, this show is genuine trash. And then I rewatched the pilot. I was like, no, this show is perfect. Don't insult <laughs> it. Don't come near me or my son. <laughs> oh, I just have so much love in my heart for all these cartoons. That's good. I'm glad you're so full of love. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of being full of love, I hope that I can love whatever show you're going to make me watch next. So what are we watching in the next episode? We are watching Love, Victor, which is... Ooh, speaking of love, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if you knew this ahead of time. I genuinely forgot. You genuinely <laughs> forgot and that was your lead in. I was like, yes. oh, Natasha's like leading me. No, I genuinely forgot. Beautiful. We're watching Love, Victor, which is the spinoff of Love, Simon, which is, of course, the movie based on Simon versus the heterosexual agenda. Heteronormative the homo- agenda? No, Simon versus the homo sapien agenda. <laughs> heterosexual agenda is funnier to me personally, but... That is funny. <laughs> homo sapien agenda sounds more like a book title. <laughs> yes, it's very good. I hope you like it. Uh, mm-hmm. When... Love our Love Victor episode airs. Season three will be going out the next day. Okay. Which is very nice. exciting. That's gonna be June 14th. June 14th. Is when our episode comes out. Yes, June 14th. We're watching Love Victor. June 15th, season three comes out. If you're listening to this, don't give me spoilers because I don't have Hulu and I won't have <laughs> season three. And I won't know the ending of the cliffhanger. So don't tell me. <laughs> yes, protect Jesse. Protect me. I both desperately need to know and also don't want to know because I'm almost certain it'll be the ending I don't want it to be. Oh, that's the worst thing about a cliffhanger is like, it could either be something I like or I hate and you have it's to. It's not uh, hate. It's just I want the other one. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> it's one of those closed door episodes where someone opens the door and you don't know who. I don't. I'm not familiar with the closed door episode. <laughs> Forgot I haven't made you watch Friends. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's a very famous, not even drama thing, it's almost more of a sitcom thing where mm. they like to end seasons on someone like knocking on a door or a door opening and it could be two people and you mm. don't know who it is. Wow. Sounds <laughs> totally like my kind of clip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there for the romance. I'm there for the aliens making dumb jokes with their dumb robots. At least you get a new bread man. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, thank you for listening to our show. You can email us at episodeepiphanies at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at epiphaniespod. If you tweet us, you can use our hashtag, which is epiphaniespod. Mm -hmm. 
and leave us a review on iTunes, which please we will read because we love you very much. Mm-hmm. We do. We love all of you. If you're listening to this, we love you. We do love you. And the reason we love you is because you're smarter than all of us combined. All of us? us. (laughs) All of the multiple people who we personally are. Yep. Bye. Bye. It's gonna be named Spleens. Nice. Actually, it's gonna be named Tonsils because I like Tonsils more. But that's my favorite. <laughs> that's a terrible name for a cat. <laughs> His two cats in this video are named Spleens and Tonsils. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. And one of us has a baby, and it's named Kidneys. <laughs> I feel like Spleens. I was like, oh, it's kind of cute. But now that they're all named after organs, I don't like it as much. <laughs>